transfers galore for Syracuse in what has become free agency in college off seasons. Uh, they lost Deuce Chestnut. They bring in a four-star DB from Nebraska, and a whole lot more has happened. Plus, there's a Cornell game this weekend on the basketball court. We'll talk about that, give you our predictions for that, too. It's all on Lockdown Syracuse. Starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Friday episode, Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you uh, on this wonderful, wonderful Friday morning, wherever you are, it's probably snowing where you are. I know it's going to be snowing tomorrow morning for us, which is Friday morning because we record these the night before. Um, I don't know. Is this going to be snowing up there, Owen? Yeah, it's going to snow forever and all of eternity up here. Uh, the kiddos are praying for a snow day. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they get one. Uh, but I'll... It is supposed to snow. I'll tell you what. When I was up for the Georgetown game uh, up in Syracuse, it did snow. And I was elated because I love the first few snows. Uh, or I always did when I was a student. So I was happy I got to catch another one. Um, but before we get any further, this episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. Where the game starts, we thank you for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And like I said, there's a lot to talk about today. Transfers, transfers, and transfers. Um, it all started with, I don't even know what, Jeremiah Wilson entered the transfer portal. Then he withdrew his name, and now he's coming back to Syracuse because maybe he didn't realize that one Deuce Chestnut, Owen, like you said when we were talking pre-pod, He's leaving. Deuce Chestnut in the transfer portal. Maybe Jeremiah Wilson didn't realize he was going. Yeah, this is one where I, I feel like, first and foremost, when you when you think of Deuce and you think of that transferring, it, it felt inevitable for me. And, and I don't I wish it didn't, but it, it just seemed like when when Tony White made his decision that naturally I felt like Deuce was gonna follow suit getting out of here and, and going to a different spot. Uh, it's unfortunate. I didn't want to be right, but it just sort of felt, you know, you get the 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 gut feeling where it seems like, you know, he is going to follow suit just because of the talent level. And I think, you know, without White, you you expect there to be some sort of drop off in theory. Although I, I saw a report that maybe they're going to go for Rocky Long himself uh, to fill I, the DC I role. Was, I saw that too. Um, but th- th- that one felt inevitable. And it almost seemed, as you were saying, like we were chatting about it before we, we started recording, it almost seemed like Jeremiah didn't consult with Deuce Chestnut before making the decision. And it was unsure, I'm not sure, not sure, not sure. And then all of a sudden, you know, Wilson's like, oh my, right? I'm no longer the third cornerback on a team. Deuce is gone. I don't know, you know, no mathematician here, but that means I'm number two. That means I'm a starting cornerback. And, and so that was the quickest dip into the transfer portal that you're really going to see in terms of. It was of, John Bull-esque. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oop! dip your toe in the water. It was a little too cold for me. Let's go home. Uh, yeah. That's the word of what it felt like. Uh, I'm excited to have him back. 
I don't know if he is going to live up to the mental hype that I dealt for him uh, after watching, you know, him pull down a one-handed interception in in train or in uh, preseason uh, and in camp and making a couple of big plays in preseason camp that we heard about and and we were getting a little look at from him. I don't know if he'll live up to that hype, but he, I, I think he has the talent to, you know, be of great value to this team. And and I'm glad we will get to see that come to fruition uh, with, with a guy that. I think is good and can contribute and can be, you know, a name that's going to compete at the corner spot and, and do some things, you know, good for, for this squad, regardless of, of who's at the helm in the defensive coordinator spot. Here's my question real quick before we move on. Yeah. Um, a lot of people yesterday or maybe it was two days ago. Now we're talking about, uh, Deuce and after he transferred and whatnot, a lot of people, I don't know if it was just the immediate, when one of your favorite players leaves the team, like some people turn on him thing, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people were out there saying he was overrated anyway, and you really aren't going to miss him. And it wasn't as big of a deal uh, as some people thought. How do you feel about that? I I think there's some merit to it. Uh, I do too. I don't think he got burned a couple times. Yeah. My thing with that is, is he a little overhyped? Do we give him too much props? Probably. Are you going to miss him? Yes. Absolutely. Right? I, I think you can th- – those two things are not uh, – they're they're not going to have to be uh, both correct. I, mutually exclusive. Thank you. They're, they're not mutually exclusive here, right? You can you can have and say with, you know, with merit and being correct that we do overhype Deuce and we, we look at him a lot better than maybe he's performed and he, he wasn't incredible this year. But to say that you're not going to miss him is, is too far of an extreme. And I think when you when you look at what he can do and what he has done, he's deserved enough respect to to not be be thrown like that and, and dragged like that a little bit. Uh, he is a guy that you're going to miss defensively, and, and one of the bigger names Syracuse has pulled in recruiting in the in the last handful of years. Well, that's honesty, why. That's yeah. why he was so hyped up is because he true. was a four star true freshman who played as the second corner on day one had the pick in the first game he ever played against Ohio at Peden stadium. You know, it, it was the, the whole hype kind of grew from there kind of thing. Um, do I think there's some merit to it? Like you said, absolutely. He did get burned a couple times, but he was a sophomore. And I think a third year of deuce would have been really impressive. And I think he was on the trajectory towards the NFL I don't know if he would have been at the space that Garrett is right now, but I think he was getting there. And I still think he was an incredibly talented player who I'm sad to see go. Uh, so is he maybe a little overhyped? Sure. But I don't really see why a lot of people out there are saying, oh, not a big deal, whatever. Deuces, whatever. Like, he was a really good player. So, I mean, that's all I wanted to say. Um, but the man who has come from Nebraska in what has kind of turned out to maybe be a trade of sorts if Deuce does end up as a Cornhusker uh, is Jaden Gould, who was a four-star uh, recruited corner. Here's the tweet that he uh, confirmed his commitment to the Orange. Uh, he was recruited as a four-star corner, top 25 corner in, in uh, the, the country. Um, and I think now as 6'2", is, a, is a, more of a safety uh, but I think he'll fit into Syracuse's secondary pretty well, especially if they keep that 3 3 5 uh, and playing with guys like Jason Simmons Jr. and Jihad Carter is certainly going to help him. 
Uh, obviously, we haven't seen this guy, and all we can really go off of is his ranking and, and the pedigree a little bit, but I'm hyped about it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's what you want to see, right? I, and obviously, you wish there was you know, some more tape, um, meaning that he played a little more and, and there's some more you know, fresh takes that you can build from that. But when all is said and done, right, this is uh, a solid transfer, a four-star, right? We talk about it all the time, how how Syracuse doesn't get four-star recruits. And when they do, they're few and far between, right? They're sparse when they get them. And yes, this is a guy that, that didn't play this year and, and did redshirt, redshirt but he's That's also fine. a guy that you know, is a four-star and has the talent and, and the build and things like that, that you're, you're looking for uh, and, and can fill, you know, roles in a defense that, that is going to have some names leave, but also does still bring back a, a little bit of experience. And I think that's a, a good thing for Syracuse to be able to bring him in and, and fill whatever role it ends up being. You said, and we, we starting to see, uh, you know, in the safety spot when he was originally, you know, seen as a cornerback out of high school, uh, I do think that, you know, he's going to be of relevance. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with the defense, right? Are they staying in a three, three, five? Are you going to have that, that Rover spot where you're going to have a third sort of safety in there, or are they going to switch back where, where that's not going to be, you know, as important of a thing. So that, I mean, there's a lot of questions regarding, you know, where he's going to be on the field and, and how much he'll be able to play. And also, I mean, as we just said, we, we haven't seen much of it. Right. We, we don't exactly know where he stands right now. We know what people thought of him a year ago, a little more than a year ago. But right now, you know, there, there are definitely some question marks, but I think definitely good question marks to have. Yes. Um, and the future could be bright with some of the transfers uh, Syracuse is bringing in. We already talked about the Richmond offensive lineman uh, and the defensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, Braylon Ingram, I believe that was his name. Um, I'm yeah. just going to make sure. Yep. But yeah, Ingram. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the transfers, I think everybody has realized at this point that it's free agency um, and, and Syracuse just has to retool. So was I part of the crowd who was a little bit shocked at first to see guys go so quickly? Sure. But it, it is uh it is just something you have to adapt to. And we're in a new age of college football and college basketball where guys are going to leave if they want to, because they can play right away. Uh, as we yeah, all know. hundred percent. And I mean, I, I think right now you lose deuce. Yes. Linton. I think we thought could be a big player next year. I like Linton a lot, but I, I can like see him. why he would leave. He didn't get enough playing time. Yeah. And like we Syracuse knew from that hasn't clip. Been killed in terms of transfers right now you lose some receivers that i'm worried know, about you like yeah I, I just like right now knock on wood they're they're okay in in terms of who they've brought in versus who they've lost still haven't lost anybody in the linebacking core so that's uh, important that's yeah good. i really like if we saw somebody like marlo go that would really really hurt um, or, you know, even some of that depth, I wouldn't be so surprised to see a guy like Anwar Sparrow go just because we, he showed us how talented he really is. And, and maybe we'll see more of him next year. We definitely will. But still, you know, you're going to have Stefan Thompson coming back. So I don't know how, what that situation is going to be like. Um, but anyway, there's just a lot to think about there. All right, let's take a quick break uh, and then we'll continue this talk. But first, 
Let's talk bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. It's all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they've got those too. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okie doke. Back here on Lockdown Syracuse, I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine. We're talking football transfers and generally just talking about what the defense will be like next year. We talked about this in an episode in the past. I can't remember how long ago or which episode it was, but I think it's something important to revisit now with the transfers taking place. Who are going to be the biggest names on this defensive front? And probably we could talk offense too, but I want to start with defense uh, next year because Deuce was definitely one of those names that was immediately brought up and Steve Linton might have been one of them as well um, but now it's Jihad Carter probably I mean yeah. that's the, the number one name that I think of Marlo Wax uh, mm-hmm. is probably number two and then uh, Stefan Thompson who's returning from injury is probably third did I forget anybody I mean Isaiah Johnson and Jeremiah Wilson are really really young corner tandem that is going to be thrown out there every game and honestly that's probably the thing i'm most worried about yeah there's a lot of you know despite the fact that there are names coming back there there's a lot up in the air in this defense and and what their sort of identity will be next year and and a lot of things and I, i think some of that gets answered when you figure out you know who's coming in at dc but a lot of that is going to be who steps up from, from guys that were sharing snaps and, and reserve players and a little bit of that depth that you saw, right. And so many times with this injury riddled defense, who is the next man up, who of those people are going to step up full time. Uh, I think you nailed it with the three that you mentioned in terms of most important and and biggest names coming back. Uh, I, I think Jihad established himself as the guy right now. Uh, the big plays that he was able to make this season and and continue to make and just stepped up, it seemed like. And turnover after turnover after turnover, he was able to cause and capitalize on. Uh, I think he deserves to be given that credit. And I think the same goes with Marlowe, obviously, and some guys coming back from injury, right? How do you return from an injury? Do you come back better? Do you come back the same? Do you come back worse? Uh, I looked at Jihad, I looked to Marlow to sort of see what happens in terms of leadership out of those two guys on this defense. Yeah, and you brought up leadership, and that's the thing that Syracuse is ultimately going to lose with with some of these guys going, and Garrett and Michael Jones. Um, even though I don't think Michael, as of recording this, has not made an official statement about leaving, but, I mean, come on, the guy's going to be out the door. Um so, I mean, you lose Deuce, you lose Michael, you lose uh, Garrett. Uh, Elijah Clark might be a guy uh, who steps up and makes a big difference in that secondary. I liked what I saw from him this year. Uh, he didn't make a huge impact, but I thought he was good. Um, one of those guys where there were some games where he was in on every single play, some games where he got burned, certainly, especially early on. Uh, but I thought he was a solid transfer from Rutgers. Um, Isaiah Johnson, though, and our, our Jeremiah Wilson are the two guys I keep coming back to. They're just going to have so much on their shoulders. Uh, and, and what's interesting, while you were talking about 
how the defense can have so many question marks. I was thinking, I feel like that's the case, at least has been for the last couple or, or maybe three years where there have always been a couple of question marks and they've been filled and here, there, wherever. Uh, but at the end of the day, the one thing you could always rely on with, is with whatever they had, Tony White was going to make it good. And the defense was really never the problem, especially this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really never the problem. The defense was always going out there and keeping them in games. Think about the Purdue game, the Clemson game, the Virginia game. I mean, without the defense, they get blown out, obviously. Yeah. But still, that's now the uh, the big question. And the offensive side, you have guys for most positions, especially this upcoming season, um, where you're going to have a, a quarterback and a wide receiver tandem that you pretty much know 100% going in and, and Schrader and Gadsden. We haven't heard anything from Sean Tucker yet, um, but I lean towards him leaving. So even then, you're going to have LaQuint Allen. You know that for a fact. But it's you're now at a point where this could be a program-shifting season if the defensive coordinator they bring in doesn't advance it. Uh, or doesn't at least keep Syracuse uh, in length to where they have been every single season on the defensive end. Yeah, and I, I do think that there is and needs to be so much emphasis on on this hire because of where where things stand with the program, because of the fact that both coordinators are gone. You promoted from within in terms of the OC spot with Beck, but you're also looking right now at a situation in terms of Babers, right? Babers, I, I am very harsh on uh, because I, I don't think he is a good football coach. I don't think anyone's surprised to hear me say that again. But the one thing that we said this whole year is he, he brought in two damn good coordinators to pick up some of his slack. And this coordinator hire in terms of the DC spot is, is I think make or break for what happens next for Dino Babers. He's got a year or two years left on the contract, we think. Uh, I would be shocked if that was wrong based on years, based on salary, uh, based on buyout numbers. I assume there's two years left. He's got a lot in terms of importance riding on the effectiveness of this hire. If you pull in a DC that does not bring this team to the defensive levels that it needs to succeed or relative success when it comes to you know, Syracuse football as a whole. Uh, the next move for Dino Babers is, is going to be interesting. Uh, if you bring in a DC that that does good things and, and elevates this team and sort of has the impact that White was able to have when he came in, I, I think the next contract is, is a pretty one, whether, you know, wherever it ends up being, uh, Syracuse or not. Uh, this is, this really is, you know, these two hires and I, I, I think I'm okay with what Beck can do. Um, but right now I, I think this defensive coordinator hire is, is paramount to Dino Babers' future as a head coach in college football. Absolutely agree. I think it's going to be really, um, directly impactful on the success of the team in the next couple of seasons. Okay, let's take one more quick break before we talk Cornell basketball. This one uh, brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few brews. You got to go home. You're going to drive, but you think about calling for a ride. You're like, nah, you live nearby. You could make it home. It's okay. No big deal. 
What are the odds he'll get pulled over anyway? And if so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I might have to get a career in voice acting. I'm the man. Um, I just I'm feeling myself on these reads, man. All right. I'm in my bag on these reads. Uh, all right. Owen's dying laughing at me. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Uh, oh, I got to plug in my laptop. It's going to die here. But let's talk Cornell basketball. They're coming to the yeah. Dome. Uh, they come to the Dome like every year or every other year or something. They came last year because Jimmy played them. Uh, I mean, this is a team that's giving me crazy Colgate vibes, like wild Colgate vibes. And the fact that they're like a tight knit group who almost beats good teams. But like, that's the kind of team that kills Syracuse. So I won't I won't lie. I'm worried about this game. I am, especially after that performance against Monmouth. That was not convincing until the very end. I'm worried. Uh, Brian Earl, he coaches a darn good team over there. They've come within two points of beating two ACC teams this year, came on opening night against BC. They lost 79-77. And then their last time out, December 7th, against Miami, down in Coral Gables, they lost 107-105. They put up 105 points in regulation. So this is a team that can score, uh, and one that Syracuse sees very often. They know how to play them, but at the same time, that means Cornell knows how to play Syracuse, especially a young Syracuse that has a lot to learn. Uh, how do you feel about this game, Owen? I think, you know, it can be one of those trap games as you described. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm as worried as you are. I I do think that obviously coming off of that, that Monmouth game, you're, you're a little concerned based on the start. And that's a, you know, sort of a strung together series of slow starts for Syracuse. But I, I think this is a game where, where they should be all right. And you mentioned it though. Cornell has, for whatever reason, done done a darn good job playing against ACC opponents this season. Uh, they are, I, I guess, as you said, the, the two-point loss ACC Kings right now. Uh, as you look at, you know, there are only two losses in a year to a BC team that is ranked adjacent with them in terms of Ken Palm, so a very close team uh, in terms of that. And then playing, as you mentioned, Miami really, really close. I do think this is a game that mentally I'm all right with, and I think Syracuse will be fine. But it it fits the narrative of that sort of trap game loss as you're Syracuse and things are looking up and you're in that sort of, all right, you know, here we go. We, we've got some, some positive momentum, four-game win streak, four more winnable games strung together before we hit Virginia this is the game you drop, right? Is it, it's, it's that narrative that, that, you know, Syracuse has that loss when things are looking up, they, they drop a game that they're supposed to win. Uh, I, I think towards, I don't know, maybe 2021 uh, in the, in the sort of COVID season or the, the post COVID season, 
where where they start out and you're like, all right, this is a six and one basketball team. And then they drop a game at home to pit. And it was like, all right, never mind, never mind. That's not what we thought this team could be. Uh, and it, they ended up being a tournament team, but who knows? This is just a game where, you know, you want to see something out of Syracuse. You want to see them step up uh, and, and play a solid game because of the non-con struggles against teams like this. I will say in in defending Syracuse's ability to win here, when I look at non-con teams that I think worry me for Syracuse, they're teams that are a little more experienced than Cornell is. And as we look right now, Ken Palm has this very intricate stat of D1 experience. And Cornell's D1 experience is less than one year on average. So that is uh, like 30th worst in college basketball. It's 332nd in the nation in terms of experience. So that's a very inexperienced D1 level Cornell squad, which I think really does play to Syracuse's advantage here. You want to hear some facts about... I love facts. Uh, this matchup, please. First, I'm actually I'm going to quiz you. Uh oh. When was the last time Cornell beat Syracuse? Oh, I should know this. I should. You just got to give me the year. It's not recent, is it? No. How recent is it? Um, I also want to test you on the streak, so I'm not going to uh, give you that. Oh, okay. So the fact that there's a streak means that it's been a while. Streak could be two. That's true. Oh, man. I don't know the answer. And I feel like I really should because this is a loss that I feel if like. You wanna, if you want to answer the streak out. first, go for it. And then that'll help you with the other one. Pons, I hate when you do this to me. You know I'm not a good trivia human being. That's not true. you got a good brain in that cranium. <laughs> Thank you, good sir. Uh, I don't know. Can I say I don't know to both? Winning streak is... No, you have to guess. That's the point. I, oh, I'm, I'm even worse at guessing because I'm going to look worse. Just guess. Just throw a number Just out guess. there. Just guess. How many times in say... a row has Syracuse beaten Cornell? 26. 41 times in a row. All right. I'm. I'm but here's my thing. I'm going to exhale here because I, 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 I was on the panic that it was like two years ago. and I No, that was remember. not a bad guess. That was not a bad guess at all. Okay. I, I mean... I thought I for sure like they lose one, you know, they lose one in like a That was my fear is I was I was tr- like panicky like oh did they maybe they dropped one a couple of years ago and and I can't remember but no all right so I I'm glad I didn't embarrass myself entirely in terms of botching a recent trivia question. Uh I will excuse myself for the fact that they haven't lost in I assume 41, 41 games is probably over half a century in terms of number of meet or how often they're going to play. Do you want to give a guess on the, the last time they lost? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, I said half a century there, so that's going to put us in the 70s. I'm going to say 1969. Wow, you're close. <laughs> oh, you 67? Know 1968 was the last time Ooh. Syracuse lost to Cornell. It was a 93-81 uh, victory for the Big Red. Jim Beheim was not, he had graduated from Syracuse and had not yet become the coach. He was probably an assistant, if I had to guess. Isn't that uh, nuts in terms of perspective? That, like, it's absolutely nuts. Jim was right there. 
Yeah, well, now, now I'm really curious to see uh, when he became an assistant. All right, anyway, um, that actually makes me so much more nervous for this game because oh, it's like no one of those where it's like, it's been, a, it's been 400 years since they've lost, and, you know, that just like makes them lose. Um, Cornell's due in this game, and it worries me. Uh, they're not but due. They're due. They've lost 41 no, straight. Not. That means they're due. If a guy went 0 for 41, what would you say? What would you say he's due? That's what my grandfather no, would say. No, I would say he shouldn't play. Same grandpappy I gave that Omaha Steaks to. It's free advertising. I would say right he now. shouldn't play. All right. We're going to we're say bye-bye Joey Gala. <laughs> we're operating off of uh, of Syracuse minus 14 and a half spread I found, okay? What do you take in this game? Taking the orange. You're taking the I'm orange? taking the orange. I really do think that they're on the right track and a Cornell squad is not going to do it to them. I don't think they are. Uh, They are first place in the Ivy league, which is that worrisome? I don't know. I will say this. I'm looking at their stats right now. They got a guy in Greg Dolan averages 14 points a game. He shoots 59% from three. Now I do not have the number of attempts. But my Lanta, is that worrisome? <laughs> he shoots a lot of threes. He shoots four threes a game. He has shot oh, 34 own. threes on the season. He's made 20 of them. That's astounding. That's a lot of threes made. That's astounding. That's like mm, Shaq's free throw percentage on a good year. <laughs> That's good. Um, just to make a quick callback to uh, the gym thing. He was hired as a grad assistant by Roy Danforth in 1969. So Jim was in the purgatory year where he had graduated in 1966 and not yet gone on to join the coaching staff. So Jim had nothing to do with that team. Um, Now, as for my prediction, I'm going to say it's within 15 points, within 14 points, I guess. They can still win by 10 here. But I just yeah. don't see them covering like a 15-point spread. That's just crazy to me. Not crazy, but this is the kind of game that if they're ever going to let me down in this streak of really easy games, like they have they have done what they're supposed to do for too long, you know, to where it's like I'm getting uh, a little bit skeptical. Now, I might look like an idiot, and I kind of hope I do, and I hope I'm really wrong. But this is the kind of game that worries me. Um, right. But that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen once again. For your next, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, take of the day. It's on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Quick shout out to uh, the YouTube watchers. Uh, We are really getting close to 1,000 subscribers, so if you're not subscribed, please go right on down there. It's free. Helps us out a ton. Uh, we are 17 away as of recording. We're at 983. So help us out. It'll be fun. Uh, Owen's going to give away tickets for people. Five if there's a case, as you know. Uh, and we'll see you later.